well, I don't want to live my life like a fucking seesaw. I want to live my life with this state of constant growth, constant improvement, constant evolution. And so what that's going to mean is that's going to mean prioritizing, frankly, every area of my life and comes with masculine container, feminine flow. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode with me and, of course, my usual co-host, Butter and Jelly, my toy poodles. Jelly is trying to get up on my chair right now, so we're just going to let him up. Otherwise, it's going to be a battle the whole fucking show. So, well, happy May. I cannot believe we're into the thick of the year. Like, we're in the year. There's no more. It's a new year kind of situation. We're in it. If you are not becoming the version of yourself that you want to be this year, then what is happening? Like get on it because I don't want you hating yourself at the end of the year. And I hope that we're all having great sex on the topic of today's episode. Um, so yeah, let's just jump into it. Uh, today we're talking obviously about sex life, the, uh, Netflix series that apparently wasn't a hit according to Cosmo because it teaches women that they have to abide by the patriarchy. And I'm like, okay, you've literally, this is proving the point of you are looking, you are watching this show through the lens of the world is out to get women. Like this show, I personally think, and I'm sure many of you agree, was a catalyst for a lot of women, maybe even for you. Maybe it was just a reminder, whatever it was, but it served an important purpose because Sasha was such an incredible component of the storyline in her character of transitioning from this independent woman, fuck men, I can be all by myself, blah, blah, blah. So then actually realizing I have everything I've ever wanted in my career. And all I fucking want is to be in the relationship with Cam and feel the way that I felt when I was with Cam, right? And this all kind of ties back into what I'm always talking about with you guys. And that is, let's remind ourselves that it doesn't matter how successful you are in your career. If you don't have anyone to share it with, it's not going to make you happy. And I'm all about you know, having a thriving career, committing to your purpose, doing the thing, having success, growing a business. I mean, that's literally what I do, but I do it in a way where it actually supports greater intimacy in my life, not the opposite. And unfortunately she, you know, prior to the end of the series, she was doing the opposite. I'm honestly really sad to hear they're not coming back with the season three, but also not fucking surprised because the show was so I guess in a way politically, like some of it was really politically incorrect. Sasha's character was very politically incorrect in her turnaround, which probably made women go off their fucking rocker. And I'm like, and we're proving the point once again. Anyway, so let's jump into the episode. Um, we're kind of starting off with episode three where the first thing I want to say is what the fuck with Cooper fucking the blonde in the Chinese place. I forgot to mention that in the last episode. I mean, he is just going downhill, 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 which we really see in the series. And what's funny is he's going downhill until he admits like his true self. If you know what I mean, I'll talk about this in more detail, but what is just great with all the characters is throughout the whole series it's like they're just finding themselves. And then once they find themselves, which might be remarkably different to another character or who they thought they should be, then their happiness essentially increases, which 
we love to see, right? So let's kind of go to the beginning. We're going to go through season three. We're going to talk through everything. I might jump around a little bit, but as usual with these episodes, I um, will kind of paint the picture of what's happening and really give the teaching so that you guys do not make the same mistakes. All right. So firstly, we see from that ep- the um, the part of season three where Cam and Sasha, they're in bed. Sasha? Sasha. Sasha. It's Sasha. It's Sasha. I'm saying Sasha because I have a friend, Sasha. Sasha. Um, they're in bed talking, right? And Sasha essentially flips out from his kind of like change of plans, right? Cam is such a masculine, iconic man for women. He really is because in this scene, Sasha is literally trying to play into like two different lives, right? She's trying to keep her money-making persona of misindependent and feminism and blah, blah, blah. But now she's so confused and like stressed out, I guess, because she's craving this masculine relationship and she's sorry, she's craving this masculine man and relationship. And of course that is essentially like against her work. It's against what she's been preaching. So she's kind of in a predicament because she's like, fuck. And there's definitely a a lot of like an identity shift and probably a bit of an identity crisis. We would say that Sasha has to go through because it can be really um, hard for the ego to accept like, maybe I've been wrong. You know, and if you've made money and you've made your whole career essentially off selling this idea of being misindependent, feminist, feminism, 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 blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, I want to be with a man. That can be quite the dichotomy that you're in, right? You're in quite a push and pull relationship. Um, and it can be really hard for the ego to kind of admit fault. She obviously eventually admits fault, but it takes her kind of almost hitting like a little bit of a her rock bottom because we see that she gets everything that she wants in her career, but she's not happy. Like all she wants is Cam. And I know there are so many of you listening to this episode, or maybe you know somebody that's kind of in this camp where they feel like what they're doing for work isn't in integrity with what they're doing, what what they desire in their life. Or they have changed as a person and they are feeling stuck in a situation that they don't really want to be in anymore, but it's very hard to kind of admit, I don't want this anymore, even though I actually really wanted this six months ago. That can be a really hard situation that people also find themselves in. And I mean, we see throughout the kind of transition of Sasha that the worst thing that you can do, right, is go against what your heart wants. Cause eventually you're going to have to do what your heart wants. You're only going to be able to live so long kind of pushing against it. And it might bring, you know, material success, but it doesn't actually bring that deep happiness that you're grateful that, 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 you, that you're like grasping for. And we see this where she runs into Cam in that restaurant where, you know, it's so fantastic that they were able to meet again and kind of re-spark their relationship. But I know for a lot of people, and maybe you've been in this, is that you haven't had that situation, right? Like you missed out on something or you said no to something and maybe you're now beating yourself up about it and hating yourself for it because you wish you wish that you said yes to it or you wish you went after it, but you were prioritizing something else that you thought was important at the time, but now maybe you've reevaluated things 
or you've just realized things and you're like, no, this actually isn't important to me anymore. So this is kind of what Sasha is going through, right? In that whole scene where they're in the bed. Um, and she literally says, I feel sustained by it. I'm saying that like word for word. She says, I feel sustained by it in regards to her relationship. And I know that so many of you can kind of, you get this of what I'm about to say, where the masculine really is this energy giving source. Like they give, we receive, right? And the energy giving source from them is what allows us to thrive. And we see that throughout the rest of the season with Sasha, that she thrives, she glows, she radiates more when she is in this relationship with Cam. And that doesn't mean, ladies, that you need to be in a relationship with a masculine man in order to have this you know, sustaining energy and to feel vitalized, feel revitalized and whatnot. But it's actually more in terms of you cannot have the feminine and that radiance without the masculine. And so it's very important when you're trying to work on your feminine that you actually heal the masculine as the first thing that you do, right? That's like the starting point of healing your relationship with your feminine energy. And Cam is just this iconic masculine character that I love because he really does portray and continues to portray this very grounded, masculine, sturdy energy that is directed, that is discerning. He calls her out on her bullshit. Like it is fucking sexy to see. And it's beautiful to see because even though Sasha finds it so triggering, she respects him more because of it. And they have hotter sex and greater polarity, right? And she, she feels that, that, that sense of being sustained by it because he gives to her in his masculine energy. If he was passive, she wouldn't feel that. She'd be running over, running him over with a fucking bulldozer, right? Now, kind of jumping to another couple, obviously Dev and his wife, um, Trina. Dev, by the way, like Dev for dick, like Dev is a dick. I was watching these episodes, right? To write out these notes, like rewatching them. And my fiance was watching a bit of them with me and he hadn't seen any of it. And he's like, this is such a chick show. And I'm like, yeah, but keep watching it, babe. It's really good. And of course that's me saying it as a chick, it's really good. And Dev was like saying some of his bullshit stuff, like such a dick. And I looked at my fiance and he's literally rolling his eyes. He's like, who is this guy? He's such a twat. I'm like, glad to hear that you think that. Very like tick, tick, tick. Um, so obviously Dev and his wife Trina are going through, through, through some rough shit. And I'm not going to go into them very much because they're not a big part of the show. But the scene where um, she is giving him a blowjob and he then complains. So when they're still together, right? And he complains about it and then called her a slut. It's an amazing scene like to look back on um, for anyone that needs to, because you see a woman that is embracing her slut archetype, but not taking shit from her husband. So he says some like mean shit to shit to her. And then she said, like, she just snaps back in the sassiest, most amazing way. And we see with her character that she ends up realizing, like, I don't have to tolerate this shit and leaving him, um, which I'm like, go Trina, because because you deserve a way better guy than that, obviously. And it was amazing because she, even though she's embracing her slut archetype, she does not 
take his comment as degrading. She takes his comment as I'm fucking leaving this marriage. Like I deserve better than this. And she doesn't change from that slut archetype. Like that's clearly such a, you know, embodied part of her that she really enjoys. Um, or maybe she puts on, we don't know because we don't know the characters that well, unfortunately from that couple, but just all in all, like a talking point is that you know, some men can be very degrading to women that embrace their slut archetype. That's coming from their own insecurities around sex and self-expression and uh, not feeling enough and all those kind of things. So if you as a woman are wanting to embrace more of your slut archetype, um, you know, where you are embracing your sensuality, your sexuality, wearing the lingerie, like being not, because when you look up the word slut, it's, we define slut in as society is like bad. We put the word bad in there. When you actually look at the definition of slut, um, it's literally like Google it. It just says a woman that I think it's, I haven't looked at in years. It's, it's something like a woman that enjoys having casual sex or a woman that has slept with a lot of men. Where in that does it say that you're bad? It doesn't, right? But society kind of puts this subliminal messaging throughout our lives that that is bad and being a quote unquote slut is bad. But for so many of us women, we actually want to be able to embrace that part of ourselves more. So a lot of us have this constant dichotomy and Billy is a, is a character that kind of explores that for us and helps us to see that she embraces all sides of herself. But a lot of us are wanting to embrace more of that slut archetype. But we're afraid of having what's happened to Trisha where our husband calls us this like mean name or whatever. But the funny thing is, is that she ends up leaving him because she's like, I'm not fucking tolerating this shit. And we see anyway that she isn't like her being a quote unquote slut is not the problem because she's actually not a slut. Like her embracing her sensuality and sexuality isn't the problem. He is the problem. Like he is a, an absolute dick and he's got his own, his own load of issues, if that makes sense, which we also see in the way that him and him and, and kind of Cooper, Cooper just buys into it a lot. The way that he describes, um, I think it was Billy in the, the lobby of their workplace. They said something like, um, you, something about like crazy, like cra crazy never sleeps, right? And you know this whole thing of like women aren't allowed to be emotional, like blah blah blah. That whole cra crazy never sleeps is just like a terrible line to be saying. And we see that like Dev is a really bad um, influence on Cooper, and Cooper just buys into it because Cooper, as we see through season three, especially as the divorce kind of gets more hot and heavy, is longing for acceptance, especially because in season one, majority of it was like him trying to prove his worth to Billy. And then it doesn't, it doesn't happen. And then we end up finding out when Billy and him have a conversation, when, when Cooper finds out that she's not, Billy's not with Brad, he then feels even worse about like, oh, so I am the problem, right? Which of course is going to completely exacerbate any insecurities and any kind of limiting beliefs around not being enough, not being good enough in bed, not being good enough man, being a failure, blah, blah, blah. And we obviously see from his childhood that it was very square peg round hole um, and that he was really, you know, being kind of forced into a box, which also doesn't really help things. But all in all, Cooper as a character just lacks self-acceptance. He's trying to be somebody else because he's trying to be enough for Billy. But the reality is, and we see in the end that, you know, and just to kind of blanket this like billy likes some some kinkiness right whereas he likes more vanilla there's nothing wrong with vanilla where the problem comes up for the people with vanilla where their insecurity comes up around i only like vanilla 
is that they are trying to be someone that they're not. In the end, who does Cooper end up with? A quote unquote, more vanilla, plain Jane girl. Nothing wrong with that. You know, as a society, it's like that used to be the the, the person that everybody wanted to be, just that perfect woman that fit into the boxes that et cetera, et cetera. Now it's like women are thinking that's bad. Men are thinking that that is bad. That's not fucking bad. That's who you are, that it's bad to not embrace who you are. It's like society is constantly changing who this ideal version of ourselves are. And right. And now, you know, trigger warning and politically incorrect. And I'm about to say probably now it's like more accepted to be way outside the lines, right? If you dye your hair purple, have 300 tattoos, if you're in an open relationship and like blah, 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 you're seen as cool. And it's true. Like that can be really hard to hear. And frankly, sometimes that shit's hard to say because I'll, I don't want to get shit for it, but it's fucking true. You know, the things that we don't want to say are often the things that are just hard to hear. Um, and so for anyone that is not fitting into that cool box these days, just remember that what was cool 10 years ago is probably what you are, but society is always changing and evolving. The worst thing that you can do for yourself and the thing that's going to cause you to constantly be searching for this fitting in is being someone that you're not, if that makes sense. Um, so jumping back to Dev and, and Trisha, Trina, Trina, um, remember that last season they had like the sex parties, a pretty open relationship. I, if I remember correctly, you know, and now her husband is cheating on her. She feels invisible in her words. Interesting. A lot of you, I I get a lot of messages of like, what are your thoughts on open relationships and like, you know, polyamory and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not for or against, because like anything, the way in which you approach something, the context, the awareness, the consciousness around it. So how consciously aware you are of why you're doing something, what you're engaging in, the boundaries around it, all of those things are going to influence my opinion of something. I will say this from an informed opinion place of seeing clients. I've had a few clients before who have said to me things like, I only can be in poly- polyamorous relationships. I only can be in open relationships. Like if I'm not like blah, blah, blah happens, X, Y, Z. And then when we go into their trauma, then they come back to me and they're like, oh my God, like it was all because I was afraid of being controlled or I was afraid of not having freedom or like blah, 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 heal that. And then they'll message me a year later, like, hey, I'm in a you know healthy, secure relationship, not open closed relationship, monogamous. I'm so happy. I have the freedom. I have the, this, all the things I was longing for. It's happened a number of times. So when I'm saying like "Mm," about open relationships, it's not about the open relationship. It's about why you are thinking that the only way to be happy is in an open relationship. A lot of people are also kind of you know, long, like saying they need to have these open relationships because they're wanting more spontaneity. They're wanting higher dopamine hits. They're wanting all these things where I'm like, well, it makes sense based on your life and how you're living your life. Right. So that constant dopamine hit of change and difference and like, you know, the, the having sex with different people or the talking to different people or whatnot. And, you know, this is obviously a generalized thing, what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, how much of that is actually because you're bored in your current relationship and you hate your job and you have your brain is low on dopamine and you don't have high life force energy and like your hormones are imbalanced and your gut is fucking off and like all these other things. Because whilst I see the argument of, you know, back in the day in the caveman days, 
men would have multiple partners and like, you know, have children with multiple women. I see, I completely see that. And I agree with that. And I will say that these days we're putting a lot more pressure on our partner to be everything, which isn't necessarily healthy either. I also know that for women especially and for people that are empathetic and that have big hearts and that desire a sense of safety in their life, which is anybody that is aware of the benefits that the sense of safety brings, they're going to, they realize, or they're going to realize pretty quickly that an open relationship doesn't give them that, you know, um, and it's not to say that like, you shouldn't have your partner being everything. They should not be your lover, your business partner, your best friend, your this and that, your therapist. No, you need to have your own life too. It's, it's a very multi, multi kind of facet and multi layer laid argument. But I will say what's interesting is that in this season, I think it's Dev literally says, Maybe it was maybe it was train auditor. One of them made it very clear that they started going to those sex parties to try and save their marriage, right? So this, they or they implied it, right? Which made me be like, okay, so we're kind of knowing the reason why they went to it. They were trying to fix their relationship, but is fixing a relationship going to like going to happen if there is a greater sense of insecurity. No, you might have a greater sense of dopamine and oxytocin and adrenaline, but that's not necessarily like with other people like, and the adrenaline is going to happen because you're with other people, right? Which is going to often create a lack of intimacy and more distance, especially for a woman, right? There's going to be a greater sense of, in- of insecurity and she probably wants a greater sense of security. So it's like eh, having the reverse effect and clearly didn't fucking work, right? So that was a very interesting one. And again, it just reminds us of you need to go to the root of the issue, not just cover it with hot sex. We all love hot sex. Don't cover an issue with hot sex. If me and my fiance are like in a little bit of a tiff, we will not, like I will not allow sex to happen as a way to resolve the argument. Absolutely not. Like that's just not a thing for me. I'm quickly interrupting the episode for some vital information. So if you are a female business owner and you don't want to burn yourself out, you don't want to have to hustle to achieve success, and you want to be able to feel like you can truly embody feminine leadership, then you need to join the Feminine CEO. This program encompasses everything that you could imagine and more from the last five years of my business. And I personally think that is pretty special. Like what business courses seriously have that much information for all different kind of walks and transitions and phases of your business. Not many, right? It is suitable for everyone and it will take your business from just being okay to being a well-oiled machine. The best bit is that I am currently updating the videos, which will mean that a by about September, if not earlier, of 2023 this year, you will have a whole new library of chic, beautiful, and of course, very entertaining modules for you to step your business up to a whole new level so that you really have that masculine structure with the beautiful feminine flow because I am a genius and gun at it. And without that masculine structure, you cannot have the feminine flow. And as you guys know, when I'm saying masculine structure in your business, I'm not saying all these hectic strategies and easy 
email funnels or anything like that, you'll see inside exactly what I mean. And it feels so fucking supportive. Additionally, oh, Jelly's joining. See, I said entertaining. <laughs> Additionally, you also get a one-on-one with me that you'll be able to use in the three months post your purchase. And you will also be getting a, a Loom video from me, which is like a screen video recording where I will give your social media and your website an, a bit of an audit so that that can also be elevated too. The most important piece that you guys have heard me talk about a million times over and over is the healing component so that you can actually show up in your business and have the visibility and the success and the growth that you desire. And the beautiful thing about the feminine CEO is that we with that one-on-one and also with the modules that are in the feminine CEO, that healing component is there for you, which is often, if not always, the missing piece of so many other business courses, masterminds, programs that are out there. There is a payment plan available as well, and you can get stuck into it and start implementing everything right now. So the details are below. You can click that. You can click the button. You can join now. I will see you soon, and you can start implementing everything in your business starting in the next 10 minutes and seeing the success happen immediately. So jumping forward to where Sasha, 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 Jesus, Sasha had, um, that kind of TV interview where she brought cam. That was very interesting, right? Because all of a sudden we be her, we see her being so feminine and so flirty and so not like what she portrays. Right. And it kind of goes to, goes to show that we can only hide our desires so long. But of course, that whole situation gets flipped on its head in a bad way by the media because she's going against what she's selling. All these women are then like, what the fuck? There's this man and she's talking about the hot sex they have and how he pleases her. But like, you know, she should be saying that women please themselves and like, we don't need it. We don't need a man by our side, blah, blah, blah. And she's praising him and showing all that intimacy with him. And she's making it pretty clear that she's very, very, very happy. That of course becomes a major theme of an issue and Cam and the relationship becomes a cock block to her success, which is, I mean, a good talking point for me, a bad thing for viewers that don't understand this. And a lot of women feel this way that and men, that a relationship is going to be a cock block, for want of a better word, to the success of your career. It isn't alarming these days that we literally think that there we are going to have greater success with higher levels of like hyper-independence. You are not going to have greater levels of success with hyper-independence. I'm telling you right now, you might have a, for a short period of time, greater levels of success, or, you know, maybe you can focus or you can fly around more. But the point is, is that if you're in a relationship where you're limited and you feel like your success is limited, it's not the right relationship. Full stop the end. If you feel like you're in a relationship where you are able to feel safer to explore greater levels of success and you have this supportive home to come back to, isn't that going to facilitate greater expansion, pushing the boundaries more, leaping off your edges? Probably because there is a greater sense of, I am safe to leap. And we 
we see that we, I mean, Sasha doesn't necessarily then abide by that because she doesn't know that's, that, that, that is an available thing, but we see it in the end, right? We see her great levels of success whilst being in a relationship, which is a beautiful thing that we eventually see was very interesting to see kind of throughout the rest of the series, how much she kind of got her arm twisted around you got to choose between relationship or career. And I know a lot of you think the same where you have to choose between both. And that's why I'm always saying, no, you don't have to choose between both as a woman. You need to choose to run your business and run your career from a place of feminine. And that needs to include masculine direction, discernment, discipline, like that the masculine container has to be there in the feminine CEO. And which actually, by the way, I'm like fully updating everything. If you're already in it, then you'll get the updates. Not, I'm not updating it because anything was wrong on it. I'm updating it in just in terms of like re-recording modules, you know, adding things to it, blah, blah, blah. So that's all coming soon. Um, so if you join now, you'll get those um, as well. Uh, point is, is that, what was I saying? The main thing that I'm always harping on about in the feminine CEO is in order for you to have a feminine business, you need to have the correct masculine structure. That masculine structure isn't intense, you know, systems and sales funnels and like all these hectic strategies that make you feel trapped. No, 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 no. That is not the masculine structure that is needed for a feminine based business or career. Right. So because Sasha is kind of in control of herself, she has the flexibility as she's like partly entrepreneur, you know, even though she's got like the media agents, like she, even though she's kind of being controlled by her PR people and blah, blah, blah. Um, she is like kind of an entrepreneur, but she's not really acting like one because she's being controlled by other people. The point is, is that she is a clear depiction of a woman that thinks that she can't have the career and the success at the same time because she thinks that her relationship, sorry, her career and relationship at the same time, she thinks that her relationship is going to result in her not having as much success. Well, guess what? She ends up realizing that the success that she got is like short fucking lit and she doesn't want it anymore. She wants the relationship more. So I always think like if you're in it, if you want to have a sustainable sense of growth in every aspect of your life, if you go guns blazing in one thing and you like put everything else on the back burner, eventually that thing that you're going guns blazing on is going to come to a screeching halt because you're not going to be able to keep it up. Then that thing that you're going guns blazing on, let's just say your career for the sake of this podcast episode, your career that you're going guns blazing on, that's going to then fall by the wayside because you're going to hit a limit and then everything else is going to come up, but then that's going to go down. And so it's this always, it's always this like seesaw, right? If one comes up, the other goes down. Well, I don't want to live my life like a fucking seesaw. I want to live my life with this state of constant growth, constant improvement, constant evolution. And so what that's going to mean is that's going to mean prioritizing, frankly, every area of my life and creating a sense of sustainable success in career and personal life. And that comes with masculine container, feminine flow. So remember that. I would honestly go back and just listen to that nugget that I just sent you guys, that I just gave you guys because it was fucking juicy if I don't say so myself. So, okay, jumping forward, Cooper as a character is just struggling. Like he is having a midlife or quarter life, whatever you want to call it, third of a life, fucking, we don't know how old is it, fucking crisis. Cooper becomes so degrading to Billy and it is hard to see. But what I'm hoping that you guys saw is that 
the way that he's being so degrading isn't him turning into a jack jack. I mean, he is kind of turning, turning into a jackass, but he's degrading because he is hurting so much. And it's interesting because I bet there's a lot of people that watch that, which is like, fuck Cooper, he's such a dick, blah, 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 because they do that to men in life and they do it to people in life. And we don't see past people's self-expression. Like we don't see past their expression in that moment to what they're actually feeling. We just see their expression and then judge them for that. So here's an invitation to see past somebody's expression and try and like feel their heart because that's going to help you to get more from the relationship. You're, you're going to help them and therefore help yourself, right? I mean, between the way that he's being degrading to Billy, the cheating on Francesca, it's clear that he's very much trying to, you know, one up Billy and be better than Billy in regards to sex. But in reality, he just needs to come back to himself. You know, he thinks that he needs to be better and kinkier and more masculine and dominating and whatever because Billy left him for that, right? But in reality, what makes him happy seems to be simple sex, simple life. We cannot wrong somebody, everyone, for wanting simple sex, simple life. Like that's not a wrong thing. I think that social media these days and just marketing and digital media and whatnot has made a lot of us feel like we all should be aiming for buying a yacht, going on going on 10 Europe trips a year, doing X, Y, Z, like having a fucking red room in the house, blah, blah, blah. For some people, that's going to be very fulfilling. And for other people like Cooper that kind of has that more simple archetype and that they're just a more simple person that's actually not going to be fulfilling at all. And a lot of us judge people and frankly, we judge our own sense of success from what it looks like on social media. And if you desire, just for example, to have a garden and bake on the weekends and you know go to bed at 8 p.m. and read books and walk your dogs and that could be seen as less than or lame or not ambitious, like ambitious, like you have to be ambitious. Like if you are not an ambitious person, then you are somehow worse than let's say I am, for example. No, what we need to understand is that everybody has different values. When you put somebody as less than because they value different things, you are being a dick, frankly. I, for example, value ambition. So it would not be in alignment for me to have friends that don't value ambition as well. But that does not mean that I do not respect, honor, value, and appreciate people that are not ambitious and that would like to live, for example, a simple life. I very much respect them. They won't be my best friend because the value isn't the same. They won't, they won't be my life partner, but I do not think any less of those sorts of people because imagine, ladies and gentlemen, if we all lived the same life, if we all valued the same things, if we all did the same shit on the weekends, like how boring would life be? It would be very boring. Life is beautiful because we all do different things. Life is beautiful because we are all different. We value different things. We achieve different things. That is something that 
we need to learn to appreciate more instead of thinking that this perfect social media life of buying a yacht, having 10 houses, going on 100 European summer trips is the epitome of you've made it. Because if you do not value that, that will not give you the sense of I've made it, let's say, for example, that it could give somebody else. You accepting you as you are and what you value and what you love and what gives you a sense of purpose is the most important thing that you can do. Let's jump to the Christmas party. Obviously, that was so emotional. I mean, poor Brad and Billy, they are just, it's, I mean, I was tearing, my, my heart was breaking, right? What I will say about the two of them is that I respect them so much more as people because of the way that they have handled this. They haven't just gone and started cheating on the side. They haven't done any of those things, right? I mean, Billy kind of cheated, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because obviously Brad is now a father. And it was interesting. I did an Instagram post, right, of sharing like what we can learn from Billy and sex life. And it was, you know, some people, one person that I saw at least commented saying like, this is wrong. You know, Billy, like Billy ended up with the toxic guy in the end, et cetera, et cetera. And this was a really good point to bring up because that's not true. And this is what I want to explain. So regarding Brad, yes, Brad was maybe quote unquote toxic. hate using that word. He was unhealthy in the way that he related to people in the first season. We could all agree on that. His behaviors up and down. The thing was, is that he was not ready for commitment. That does not make him toxic as a person because people change. He's changed, right? Billy is not going back to the same Brad that was, you know, partying around and doing whatever when they were in their 20s. No, Billy is going back, not back to, but you know what I'm saying? And they're getting back together. Billy is longing for the Brad that was the Brad that she always knew that he would be, right? And this kind of comes back to that thing where people ask me of, do you believe right person, wrong time? Absolutely. We can use Brad and Billy as an example, right? Right person, wrong time. Because the relationship that Billy and Brad get into in the end of season two is a completely different relationship that they that, that, than what they had in season one. So no, Brad is not toxic. It is not a toxic relationship. Sure, there were some unhealthy habits when he was younger, but can we all just for a second take a step back? I know that I had unhealthy fucking habits when I was younger. I was not perfect in relationships either. And I would hate to think that people judged me, you know, 10 years later, maybe not 10, like whatever, eight years later, um, for, uh, for what I did when I was 20 years old or what I, what I did when I was 18 years old. People change. Brad is not toxic. And the relationship that him and Billy get into is the opposite of toxic. It is very healthy. And why we really see how it's gotten healthy is because the way that Brad shows up with Gigi, right? So Gigi is obviously pregnant. Brad's going to become a father. And, you know, Billy is in front of him, single, not married. I mean, she's, just, she's with like Majid, but single essentially in terms of not married ready to be with Brad and Brad says no, right? Brad and Billy are very respectful. They don't kiss. 
I don't think they kiss in the apartment, right? They don't, whatever. They don't generally speaking do anything. I don't think that they kissed because when Billy went over to his apartment, remember he tried to make a move and she said no. And so what this makes, I want you to all realize is that yes, right, right, right person, wrong time, but also more importantly, people change and we can respect them so much as people. And therefore we should be happy with them that they are, that they are back together with each other because one, they deserve it, but two, they've also proven to each other how much they respect each other. Because Brad's commitment and devotion to being a father and to Gigi and to his unborn child is like so, so apparent, right? The commitment, the devotion, the, the self-discipline is admirable, 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 admirable. Adoramable. I haven't said that word in the longest time. I'm like, how do I say that? It's like I speak a new language. Adoramable. Adamable. Adoramable. It's adoramable. Okay. Keep going, Monica. Um, Billy, similarly, is, you know, obviously so devastated at this Christmas party and whatnot. Um, and so devastated by the whole situation and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But she also respects the fact that she is in a relationship with Majid, right? And what I love is that she puts her children first, kind of unlike Cooper, and is committed to doing the best thing. And similarly, we see Brad putting his unborn child first as well, both making them, in my opinion, a better version of themselves in front of each other. How fucking attractive. I mean, like it's just making them want each other more. Right. And obviously what I do want to say is that I know that Billy puts her children in front of herself and Majid and Brad and all these other things and whatnot. She's not being a people pleaser, by the way, by putting her children first, right? She is an inspiration for us to embody her quote unquote, and stay committed to our dream life because it does all work out for her in the end. And she puts her children first because that's what a mother does. But she also doesn't put her herself and her desires last because she could very easily just be divorced, being single, not going after any men, not juggling at all. But she says, no, I want fucking hot sex. I want this relationship. I want, I want X, Y, and Z out of my life. I'm going to do it all. And she manages it all. And she doesn't people please. Like she does a little bit, which I talked about in the last episode on this podcast that I did with her mom and whatnot, but she actually doesn't, you know, which is a beautiful thing. And the way that Brad holds back his feelings for Billy and like his crying and just like, oh my God, the commitment is so sexy that he has, but obviously we feel his pain and it's a very hard situation that we're in. And so when at the end of the season, when they get back together, I mean, I'm just like bawling on the fucking sofa because it's so beautiful. Right. Um, and you know, Brad, when he then is crumbling with the lawsuit that happened and whatnot and let me jump to that. So you know how Brad has that lawsuit? I can't remember exactly what happened, but anyway, Billy goes over to the house, et cetera, et cetera. It's, and, and, and Brad is explaining to Billy the pressure that he feels to provide and like he's not going to be a good enough man now. And we see in the end that Gigi obviously left him because of the money, which is really horrible to hear, right? But what it does illustrate, which was beautiful, is that it was a great example of the pressure that men feel 
to provide. By the way, this doesn't mean that we should then take the pressure off men and provide and we need to be the providers as women. It means that we just need to honor that men do have their own set of pressures. And whilst maybe they don't get a period every every month, they don't have to get deal with childbirth and like whatnot and all these other kind of social expectations and pressures, they still have their own hard situations and it is still pressure that shouldn't go unwarranted or unvalidated. Um, just like an FYI with men, because that was a really beautiful scene and example of the very real things that men do go through. And then obviously Gigi left him because he was no longer making the kind of money that she wanted him to be, to be making, right? Friends, if you don't already know this, I have a bunch of audio tracks that you can buy on my website. And there's ones like plenty of food reprogramming tracks, which is amazing, especially if you have some sort of binge eating issue. The plenty of food is going to be really helpful because it's going to help with the trauma response of why you're going into overeating, which is a whole other topic of conversation. But I also have amazing manifestation audios. They are so fucking good. I kind of found that with like going on walks and doing my things I would be listening to these amazing songs and I can basically be doing my own kind of guided manifestation practice in my head but a lot of you are not sure how to do it or you're not there or you just want someone else to do it for you so I basically have taken like little snippets of things that I would do with you in Queen Alchemy or in at my immersion or with one-on-one coaching or whatever it is where instead of doing you know a one hour quantum leaping DNA upgrading manifestation process I am giving you these smaller audio tracks that you can throw in throughout your day so that you can do them when you're walking you can do them when you're driving you can do them when you're getting ready for the day and they're just really upbeat because for me I need to like get into the fucking vibe and feel high vibe and like I'm dancing around to feel that excitement of the manifestations that are going to come into my life so some classical piano thing with manifestation mantras like they're just not cutting it for me if that makes sense I like to feel really activated in my body so these are going to help you manifest the things that you want because writing down your manifestations is fantastic but actually feeling them is really where the magic is at because manifestation is a somatic experience so you have to feel it in your body in order for it to come to you so if you don't already have my manifestation tracks I'm gonna put the link below and you can check them all out. I've got journaling ones so that you feel high vibe when you're journaling because that's really important. I've got walking ones. I've got getting ready for the day ones. And then I'm also going to be releasing really shortly, although they might already be out by now, but ones for driving, another one for walking. And I'm just going to really keep going because they're fun. I love making them and I love using them. So all the details for that is below. Let's jump back into the episode. Okay, so going back to... Sasha at, is it Sasha? I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, whatever. I'm just going to keep saying Sasha or fucking interchange it. Going back to Sasha and Cam. So obviously Sasha is being completely out of integrity, like I predicted. And now she's, she's going through that whole canceling, right? Where she's getting canceled because she has a boyfriend. So basically it's promoting this idea that, you know, you have to be this extreme feminist or you are basically pathetic and you're abiding by a man. Um, and I love that this show is trying to portray that you, you don't have to be one or the other, right? You don't have to be this like hardcore feminist or like you can be both. You can be a feminist 
And you can also have this amazing relationship with a devoted man that is masculine and leads you and whatnot. Like the whole thing is just like bullshit that society puts out. And the message that Sasha puts out is fucking bullshit, right? Which we obviously, her character, much to Cosmo's disapproval and disappointment, her character perfectly shows us. And what was really great to see that I loved was in that sex scene right in Cam's office where um, he like straight out, straight out calls her out and says, literally says quote for quote, this is you sacrificing your integrity for the brand. Like, oh, mic drop, right? She literally said that she's trying to teach women to fight back against the patriarchy and live the way that they want to. And I'm like, this is like, like, I'm like, what the fuck? Because you're doing the opposite, right? Like you're not living the way that you want to. You're trying to, uh, you are trying to fit yourself into a box that is like the new box that we are building for women, which it's like, you're just throwing yourself from one extreme to the other. If that makes sense. It's like, you're throwing yourself from one box to another box, right? Her obsession with growing her platform for this purpose just seems to be so fucking backwards when we figure out towards the end of the season that her Miss Independent cover is blown, which we already really know because the whole Miss Independent was just like a coping mechanism for her fear of getting hurt, right? Because she got hurt with by Cam in the past. And even still, if she's trying to teach women to live the way they want to, then that also could involve being a self-sufficient woman that is, you know, embodied in her boundaries and not thrown around by men whilst still allowing her feminine desire of relationships and connection and intimacy to be met. Like literally what I do for my job. And let's not forget, in case you forgot this from the first, um, the, the last episode that I did, she assumed that by moving to California with Cam all those years ago, she had to give up her job. She could have still pursued what she wanted to do. She chose to believe that by moving, it meant giving up her career. No, you can move location and still have the career that you want to have and be with your man, right? And then she kind of goes on in the scene to kind of blame everything on Cam and says that, you know, his career comes before hers, but he makes it very clear, which I love, fucking boundaries from him is just amazing, that that is not as what's, what is happening, right? No one comes before anyone. She doesn't deserve to come before him either. That's the whole joke of it, is that her whole thing is that she basically needs to be, needs to be prioritized over him. And it's like, well, you're saying that he shouldn't be prioritizing himself over her, but then you're saying you want to be prioritized over him. It's like, it's like, well, one is not better than the other. There's always going to be a bit of a compromise in a relationship. That is what a relationship is. That doesn't mean one person is better or worse than the other, right? If they are equals, which is apparently what she's wanting, actually, it kind of seems like she wants to just be better than him. Then, then they need to work this, out, work this out together and compromise because they can have both. And frankly, they can have both in their situation without compromise, right? Cam is on the money. She's out of integrity. She does quote unquote, whatever it takes. It's gross. It's all a money hungry movement. It really is, right? It's, it's, it's just putting women in another box and it's taking women out of them being able to find their own sense of happiness, what makes them feel good. So like sometimes when I see all, all like the hardcore feminism stuff, I'm like, you are like society is just trying to, and women are doing it to themselves. Like women are taking themselves out of one box and putting themselves 
in my opinion, in a worse box because it's completely disconnecting them from their femininity and from their biology. So it's just actually making them worse off in the end. Um, But like, be aware of that, right? That a lot of it is just putting you into a different box. It's not encouraging you to find your own sense of happiness, which could mean allowing a man to be in your life, for example, right? Then obviously the breakup publicly happens all to suit her. Is that feminism? No, that's being a shit human because feminism by definition is equality. There is nothing that she embodies even like in this point in the season that portrays equality between her and Kim, right? There really isn't anything. So then we obviously see it kind of goes forward. The career is thriving. She's miserable on the inside, you know, and Cam walks into the restaurant. I mean, the whole situation is pretty sad in my opinion. And she's obviously, she's obviously starting to realize it. And it becomes so clear that she's being forced into, you know, picking a career because it's seen that a woman that isn't selling feminism, you know, is like not as good. It's like women that don't, women that are like, oh, I just, you know, I would like to be stay at home mom. It's like, oh, you're lame, which is, it's again, it comes back to that. It's like, it's actually the the devaluing of women. It's the devaluing of femininity, feminism when it's in the extreme form has a huge component of devaluing of women, which is like interesting. So a lot of the time when you've got like hardcore feminists and, you know, women that haven't really looked at, that haven't had a very well-rounded comprehensive understanding of it, they just kind of take it point blank. I'm like, you're actually fighting for the thing that you don't want, if that makes sense. And then going even further into the show before obviously we get the happy ending and they get married, et cetera, is when Cam asks Sasha, Sasha to move overseas with him. Remember when they get back together, when he asks her to move overseas with him, it obviously throws her and, you know, they get into a bit of a fight or whatever, whatever. And as a result of this, she is obviously punishing herself for pushing him away. And obviously, you know, with her pushing him away because she prioritizes this career of hers, which doesn't make her happy, it forces him, well, not forces him, it causes him to then take this job, right? Which which causes him to go overseas. There's definitely going to be some self-punishment that kind of comes across that we're, that we're seeing from her. But what I love again, like Cam, just fucking like on the money, um, she says to him, because he says, like, I would not be able to forgive myself or whatever, like, you know, if I didn't ask you to move overseas with me or like blah, blah, blah. And they're in this kind of fight again is she says, you need to check your own sex as bullshit. And then goes on to say, why is it always, you know, your assumption that the woman should change course and give up her plans for the man? Well, first, honey, because a man without a purpose and a passion is not a man that's going to, you know, be enjoyable fucking. And two, he's not, he's not having the assumption that a woman should change for him. He's simply expressing to you, but you're seeing it through your own lens of men are out to get me and blah, blah, blah. He's simply expressing from his heart that he would not forgive himself if 
He didn't ask you to come with him. He's expressing his love for you, right? And you can say no. Like you could say no. You could say, I want to, but I'm not fully comfortable. Can we compromise? But you jump to attacking and shaming and and emasculating him to make yourself feel better because you don't want to move to Singapore. I fucking get it. Fine. You don't want to move to Singapore. But your way of saying, I don't want to move to Singapore is emasculation rather than expressing to him in a soft and feminine way, like, honey, I don't want to move to Singapore. That doesn't make me feel comfortable or expansive or whatever it is, but I love you and I want to be with you. So can we figure out another way? That would have led to a completely different situation. Obviously it all works out in the end, but point is, is like that would have led to a completely different situation than her just attacking him based on her assumption that he has an assumption. You might listen to that one again, right? Like, why are you assuming that a man, frankly, should give up his career for a woman, Sasha, (laughs) right? That kind of like black and white shit that comes with this argument of sexism is often a very narrow-minded approach to things. Because, you know, when women say, you know, whatever they're saying, it's like, well, then you're being sexist, Sasha, because if you're saying that men have to do whatever you want, then that's, does that make sense? Like that if you're flipping it to be the extreme the other way, that's not ideal either. It's about the compromise. And if you want a masculine man, you want a man that's going to fucking lead you. You want a man that says, I want you to move to Singapore with me. I will never forget when I was like, when my fiance and our boyfriend at the time were having the conversation around, you know, possibly me moving to Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of like, uh, about it because I was uh, about it until he said on a chairlift, I'm like, what is it with us on chairlifts with skiing? He said to me skiing, I remember exactly where we were. He grabbed my hands and he said, babe, he said, will you move to Atlanta for me? He said, I need you to move to Atlanta. I cannot live with us being like, uh, like us being far apart. Can you please move here? And in my head, I already was kind of like, like, yeah, I'll, I'll move there. Like I'll try it out. If I fucking hate it, I can move back to New York. And I love it. Um, but it was when he said that, that I was like, yes, a hundred percent. Absolutely. I wanted him to say that. I wanted him to ask me to move here. I didn't fucking want it to be a joint thing. Like it was, but I wanted him to really ask because it's that leadership and that's just masculine. Like I need you, like I need my woman that made me feel so much more secure, excited, confident, etc. about moving from New York City to Atlanta. So, you know, I guarantee that if Sasha just, you know, if Cam said to Sasha, you know, I'm moving to Singapore and um, like, let's do the long distance thing maybe if you want to, she would be like, why aren't you fucking asking me? And what is funny about this is the amount of men that have said in my survey over the years, it's like, I feel like no matter what I do, it's a dead end with women. You know, I say one thing that's wrong. I say another thing that's wrong. I say what they want me to say. And then, you know, I didn't, I, you know, I said it at the wrong time of the day. So it's wrong. Like no matter what I do and no matter what I say, I'm wrong. And it's a true thing, right? And that is this, like, that is your lens and your relationship 
that you have with men affecting the way in which you interact with them, see them, experience them. But more importantly, it also affects your relationship with your own feminine as well. So let's just finish up the episode kind of going back to Billy and Cooper. So obviously Cooper is going off the fucking rails with the stripper thing and the coke and like all that kind of stuff because of the divorce, you know, and he's taken it all so personally. I think we can really see it just kind of shows itself in many different ways. He's taken it so personally due to his insecurities. Of course, it would be hard to hear as a man that you didn't fulfill a, a woman. That's going to be hard to hear. That's going to bring up this wound of, uh, that men can have of, you know, they're not masculine enough. They're a failure. You know, masculinity is earned. So when they feel like they have failed, it feels like their masculinity has like been ripped out beneath them. And that can be a really hard thing for a lot of men, which we're obviously seeing with Cooper. You know, no man wants to feel like they have failed their woman. But of course, the way of dealing with it isn't drugs and strippers. You know, Cooper is clearly struggling in in more ways than he really describes until the end where he gets in that car accident and then finally kind of lays it all out on the table with Billy. And that that is that he is heartbroken beyond heartbroken, right? Um, And he keeps trying to be this macho man because he's trying to win back Billy instead of realizing I need to, one, find myself and be happy with myself. And then two, win a woman that is aligned with me. And that loves me for me because Billy loves him, but Billy isn't aligned with the intimacy, the sex, the sensuality, like that kind of, that kind of part of things, which is so vital for a relationship with polarity and happiness long term. Because as we see, they paint it perfectly. If your sex life isn't, you know, making you wet just from thinking about it, then there is it's not is like the relationship isn't going to last in the ideal way the stand of time it's going to end up kind of hitting a brick wall right and he's kind of throughout the season just always trying to one up Brad but they are just two different people and it made me so happy in the end when we saw Brad get back with his old girlfriend and I'm not saying you have to get back with your old you know your old partner or anything like that but it was just beautiful because that was a woman that he fell in love with and again right person wrong time at the time Brad sorry at the time Cooper was the wrong man for her but now he's the right man for her and I mean I just thought it was beautiful to see overall throughout the whole season of that theme of right person wrong time because when two people are meant to be together I truly believe they're going to come together when the two of you are in alignment if one is in alignment, one's not, that's going to be a tricky thing, obviously. Um, but when the two of you are in alignment, like the energy of like that lore of oneness is indescribable. That is why you think of the friend and then they randomly phone you. That is the lore of oneness. So when you are wanting to get back your old ex, let's say, because you think they're their person, if they are actually your person, if they really are, you are going to get back with them as long as you are in alignment. And most importantly, you only want them to be in alignment too. If they came back into your life and you're in alignment and they're not, you wouldn't want them. I guarantee that. You want their highest version of themselves. They need to be in alignment, which might take them a hot second. You also need to be in alignment. Where was I going? So basically to finish off um, the dynamic between uh, Billy and Cooper, obviously it becomes one of a lot of respect. And 
we see that, you know, Billy and Majid, it's interesting because obviously it kind of fades away because what I love about Billy is that she's so clear on, she wants all of herself to be expressed with Majid and Majid's in a different place in his life, right? When Majid goes over to see Billy at the house in Connecticut, it's so clear that he's like kind of off put by the chaos of motherhood and the, you know, the, the food down her shirt and her hair up in a messy bun and, and all these kind of things. He gets overwhelmed as nervous as him as like, I can't handle it, which again, really shows that you have to be ready for a committed relationship. You do have to be ready and it's okay if you're not ready for a committed relationship. Majid, where he was, was not ready for the kind of relationship that was of was required from Billy essentially or you know he wasn't able to be the person that Billy wanted and needed and had the standard of for herself um which I loved you know and I loved that she didn't just diminish a part of herself to stay in that relationship and get the hot sex from Majid she was very clear of she needs and wants to be able to have it all. And obviously in the end that works out and her and Brad are together and it's, and it's happily ever after. Um, but you know, Billy just as a character is she embodies her, right? Like she is a, is a good example of somebody on TV that embodies her. She is doing her career. She is prioritizing her kids. She's prioritizing her love life. She's getting the sex that she wants to get. You know, we obviously don't know what her health is like. Um, but she bottom line is, is that she's committed and devoted to the life that she wants to have. And she isn't settling for anything just because, you know, she's lonely or because she needs help or because society says X, Y, and Z. And it's a beautiful thing. She's very clear on what she wants doesn't settle for less. She speaks her truth. She speaks her boundaries. She speaks up. And if any of you guys are curious around like the dynamic between her and Majid in terms of the, the, the courting and everything in the beginning of their relationship, I talked about that in the previous episode. So you can watch, uh, you can listen to it there. I watched on YouTube there. Um, but all in all to wrap up, I love that we all got to see the wedding and she's pregnant again. And like always, Oh, I got goosebumps. Well, my God, that's kind of tragic. I got goosebumps from a fucking, um, very minor ones, let me just say. Like it's like they kind of came on and they went away because it was like, oh wait, why do I have goosebumps over characters? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it was beautiful to see that they all ended up so happy in the end. And not to say that marriage is the epitome of happiness, because it's not, right? Like her and Cooper were married and they weren't and they weren't happy. She wasn't happy at least. Um, so marriage isn't the epitome of happiness, but marriage can can bring that devotion and commitment that so many of us, especially women and men are wanting to be able to give. We as women, we want to be able to receive that commitment and devotion from our man that we love and we want to have that security from him. And then for a man, he wants to be able to share his devotion and commitment publicly and being like, you are mine, right? He wants to be able to protect and provide and be the sole protector and provider for you. And marriage is for a lot of us that ceremony that takes place to be able to express that and like kind of publicly claim each other. Um, and then obviously physically feel that in our hearts, which is, is beautiful. Right. So it's not to say that, you know, if you're not married, you haven't, you're not happy, or if you are married, you are happy because that's not actually true. It's about what you make marriage to actually be. And I know many of you have questions about marriage for me and the kind of, you know, what's going to happen with, um, 
marriage as I get onto that. And do not worry, there will be episodes on that 100%. I know I've, I've got questions about prenups, last names, how's the ceremony, ceremony going to go, like blah, 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 all the things like finances, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I will answer all them. I'll do like, I'll put up a question box and make a podcast episode on it. Um, probably later, to, later this year. So hang tight for that. Um, but as usual, guys, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please make sure you do leave a comment below. If you haven't already obtained, obtained, lol, obtained, uh, received your free, uh, like kind of complimentary, uh, meditation that helps you to come back to yourself and bring your energy back to yourself. Please make sure that you leave a written, a written review below and send a screenshot of that written review to media at monarchyateshealth.com. And we'll send that to you. It's an incredible meditation that I would recommend for all of you to have, especially if you find that you can like leak your energy really easily, then it's a really good one. There is so many amazing things happening this year. Uh, we obviously have the event that's about to come out, which I'm very excited for. And yeah, so make sure that you're following along on my emails and whatnot. My emails this month, I'm releasing a bunch of behind the scenes things with wedding, with Australia trip, with engagement party, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to put the email list below as well. So you can get on the, um, get on that. If you're not already on that as emails is where I am really putting out the majority of education and behind the scenes and kind of life updates. Because as I shared in that business um, update episode, I'm really wanting you guys to get into the habit for yourself of reading more long form content with um, presence. Sitting down to read an email is a much more relaxing experience for your nervous system than being bombarded by Instagram. Um, and also from my side of, from my side of things, I love writing emails to you guys because also I can do it in advance and I'm really practicing embodying her and embodying that feminine leadership because I obviously will not be able to be as on Instagram, or at least I don't think so when I have kids. So I'm wanting to get myself into that habit as well. Um, and to be a positive example for you guys as well, especially any mamas or mamas to be. So I'm going to leave the episode there. I hope that you guys love the episode. Please make sure as usual, you subscribe. If you want to watch the episodes, you always can on YouTube, make sure you share on your Instagram story and I will see you guys in the next one. <laughs>